0: Just about uh, 10 minutes after the hour, yeah, ready to go with another edition of the Employment Hour. As always, the phone's already open. You have questions, concerns, bring them on. Leah is here doing the show this afternoon, of course, uh, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It is help at employmenthour.com through email, and we will get to details on the severance pay calculator, which, by the way, Leah, uh, over 550 thousand people have used the uh, the calculator wow. so far and i know right did some uh, some recent number crunching in the last month and that's how many over half a million people now have uh, have used the app and uh, had that's their great. eyes open but uh, lots of stuff to get through most common questions you get asked every day these are beauties but first you got a couple a uh, couple cases couple things going off the week that was what is
1: happening i sure do and great to be back i feel like it's been a while john
0: yeah, man. Yeah,
1: yeah. So happy to be back here on the Employment Hour and uh, happy to uh, be spreading the good word about employment law. And that's exactly what we're here to do today, to, to chat about employment law, to talk about situations that arise in my daily practice uh, and in the lives of many employees out there and to answer your questions. So if you're listening in and you hear something that sounds like a situation that you're going through, or you even just want to ask a question about something that's going on in your workplace, uh, change that's been made to your job, an employment agreement, something, anything, you know, that doesn't just quite feel right, uh, and you want to get some answers and help clear the air, uh, give us a call. Uh, So we start every week as we always do with the week that was. And again, this is just an overview of of my week uh, and the people that I speak to on a daily basis and the employment issues that, that these individuals are dealing with. And the first thing that I wanted to address Today is the issue of the forced resignation. Um, I spoke with a lovely gentleman a couple of weeks ago who came to see me after he was told, after 15 years of service for his employer, that his time there was done and that he should take the high road and just resign. Um, Thinking he had no other option, he did so. He formally resigned and told people that he had quit. Mm -hmm. Over the last couple of months, however, he started to get this inkling that he hadn't been treated right. You know, it wasn't really sitting well with him. And so he made an appointment with me to chat about his experience and what, if anything, could be done about it. And although it felt very complicated and it was fraught with issues for this particular gentleman, this was a very easy one from my perspective. And that's because a forced resignation is a termination full stop being forced to resign is being forced to no longer have a job, which, if you think about it like that, makes it clear that it's a termination. And when you've been terminated, you're entitled to severance. This is true even though this individual then proceeded to formally issue a resignation letter and told people publicly that he was resigning. Court's Don't really care how you choose to characterize something. What they'll do is they'll look behind your words and consider what actually happened. A real resignation has to be freely given and it has to be clear and unequivocal that the intention is to resign. So, someone who sends a letter of their own volition that says, Dear employer, I'm resigning from my position effective two weeks from now, will be found to have resigned and will not be entitled to severance. However, those employees that are told, that they have no other option but to resign and do so not out of their own free will but because that they feel that there's no other choice will be considered to have been terminated and will be entitled to severance. Now, in this particular case, because this all occurred eight or so months ago now, we are dealing with a bit of he said, she said. This individual's resignation is in writing and we only have his word that his employer told him that his time was done and that they were requiring him to resign. Now, in this particular situation and for reasons I won't get into now, I don't think that this will ultimately pose an issue for this gentleman, but I did think that this would serve as a useful reminder for other individuals who find themselves in similar situations. First and foremost, if your employer tells you that you should resign say no, just simply refuse to do so. Force their hand. If they want to get rid of you, they should get rid of you. They should terminate you explicitly and not try to hide behind a resignation to avoid paying you severance. Don't let them off the hook. Um, Alternatively, if you do see this as a bit of a blessing in disguise, and perhaps we're looking for an excuse to explore other opportunities, put the request for the resignation in writing. So you can say in your letter, I'm tendering my resignation at your, the company's request, as was communicated to me on such and such a date, um, you know that way you can still pursue your severance if you wish to do so, and it's clearly documented that it was the employer that started the end of the employment relationship, and not you.
0: Pretty smart stuff, right? You got to be careful because a lot of people would just say, "Oh, okay, well, I guess I did resign." No, 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 it no, 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 no,
1: no, 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 you know, you're entitled to severance every time your employer says you no longer have a job. Someone right. coming to you and saying you need to no longer have a job and you need to resign in order to, to have that effect, to affect that. I mean, that ends up with the exact same consequence, right? You, you're being forced into a situation where you are jobless uh, through absolutely no fault of your own. And that entitles you to severance no matter what you call it. One more angle of the week that was, what else you got going on, pal? Yeah, the second thing, which you and I have spoken to about at length on this show, uh, are new contracts of employment. They're just so fun, aren't they? Um, I was contacted by a woman this past week who'd been working for her employer for five years and was recently provided with an employment agreement to sign. Um, even though she'd never had a written employment agreement before, her employer told her, of course, that this was standard, and that this essentially just formalized the existing terms and conditions of her employment already, and of course that you know everyone was signing them. Um, classic employer move, downplay the significance of the contract so it doesn't get any attention, uh, but this particular woman decided to give me a quick call to review it, and I'm glad she did, as I usually am. In my experience, the more that a company tries to tell you that this is standard and normal and not to worry about, means that you should probably worry and assume that they're trying to pull a fast one. I think the reason why a lot of people are quick to believe their employers in situations like this is because many people don't understand or appreciate that at the moment that you accept employment with a company, there are certain terms that automatically form the basis of your employment relationship. So even if nothing is in writing, you have a contract of employment and you automatically have particular rights and entitlements. So you have a contract. The second that you accept work and you start work, you have a contract of employment. So any introduction of a written contract has to be seen as a change to those terms, uh, a change to your entitlements. And the most important entitlement that you have as an employee, arguably, uh, this is just from my perspective, uh, is the right to common law notice in the event of a termination of your employment. This is automatically imputed to every employment relationship until critically you agree to something else in writing so when you're hired you have the automatic entitlement to approximately uh, approximately 1 month yeah. of severance per year of continuous service that that is a term of your, co- of your contract of employment as soon as you start, whether it's in writing or not. Um, you know, most contracts, most written contracts, will seek to limit you to far less than this. And in most cases, will try to limit you to one week per year of service to a maximum of eight weeks. So in this women's case, we're talking about a five-month severance versus a five-week severance had she signed that agreement. You know, there were some other clauses in there too uh, that were actually far more harmless looking than the termination provision but could have carried a heavy punch. For example, another automatic right you have as an employee is to not have the essential terms and conditions of your employment be unilaterally changed by your employer. Again, that's an automatic right and entitlement that you have as soon as you start a job. What many written employment contracts seek to do is give the employer the right to make those changes and remove your right to object to any such change. So if your employer decides to mo- to demote you or to reduce your pay by 20% or to relocate you to Alberta, it can and it will. And there's nothing that you can do about it if you sign a contract that says that they can. Right. Uh, another big one is layoffs. Uh, this wasn't in this woman's contract, but many employment agreements will also seek to give the employer the right to place an employee on a temporary layoff if the needs of the business require it but as an employee without a written agreement, you have the right to not be placed on a temporary layoff. If you are, you can claim severance. However, if you agree that you can be laid off uh, in a written employment agreement, your employer can do so without any consequence. So what to do if your employer hands you a contract. Do not sign it without legal advice. Please do not sign it. No matter how normal or standard your employer tells you that it is, you will want to have it reviewed by a lawyer. And yes, that could absolutely be a small cost up front, but it could literally save you tens of thousands of dollars down the line.
0: By the way, the number to get a hold of Leah and the rest of the team there at the firm, 604-283-3123. Let's bounce over to our uh, first call of the afternoon. Hey, uh, Scott, how are you?
2: Uh, not too bad, man. Yeah, I've got got a question here. Hello. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, I've got a question here. Now, I worked with uh, in the towboat industry years ago, right? And I'm retired now. But here's what happened: they they got rid of the cooks on the boat. I was a cook, right? And they got rid of the cooks on the boat, and they said to me, "Well, you can't be a cook any longer." We'll give you a job as a deck hand, right? Now I'm only a small guy, and some of the equipment that the the, the deck hands have to use is like two man shackles, and you go out there and you you lift big heavy chains and stuff like that. You know, it, it, yep. it's, it's a really intensive job. But I I thought, well, I can't do that, and I don't want to do it, right? So then I said to the guy, I can't do that. So so this is well, you're refusing another job. So I I. Got left off the company. You know what mm, I mean?
1: Yes, I, I know exactly what you mean, Scott. And that's so actually—they
2: yep. never said to me I can get severance or anything like that. I just walked out the door thinking, "Well, that's it. That's my job over." and I worked with them for 14 years, right? Wow. Now the 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 what do you call it? Now I don't know if I've wasted too much time, but uh, I see all these cases where. A young lassie you can say to some guy, oh, yeah, 15 years ago you abused me in the workplace, and then they can take them to court. Why can I not do the same thing and, and say, well, I want my severance because you didn't offer it to me and you didn't tell me I was entitled to it. I just walked out the door with nothing.
1: So how long ago are we talking here, Scott? Well, I'm I'm now
2: 71, right? And I'm talking about oh maybe twenty years, fifteen, twenty years ago. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah. So I, I mean, I'm very sorry to be the one to tell you. It's just that there is a two-year limitation period for civil claims in BC and and in Canada on the whole. So you would have had to have brought that claim two years. From yeah. the date of well, your termination. See, I didn't
2: know. You know no, what I mean? of, so. of
1: course. And I mean, that's a big reason why we do this show, um, you know, is to know, try to well, get I've information out to the there. I've been show
2: and I've been listening to people talking about it, and I'm thinking, well, that's kind of crap, you know. what I mean, if you don't tell anybody what they're entitled to, and, and I know. you know, there must be hundreds of guys walking out the door, and these companies are getting away with it, you know. So.
1: Yeah, I know. I, 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 I feel you. And again, I mean, that's exactly why we try to get on the airwaves every Sunday is so that we do tell people what your rights well, and entitlements well, how are. Can
2: you, how can you accuse somebody of doing something 20 years ago and, and actually take them to court? You know, if I was a young lassie and I said, oh, my boss abused me when I was working with him 20 years ago, there's no proof that I, uh, you know what I mean? And then, the, 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 then I can take the boss to court. You know, what? just on my say so. You know what I
1: mean? Well, the reason why there's limitation periods is because there's there's a certain presumed prejudice to occur once a certain amount of time has passed. So number one, you need to be able to give all parties certainty that, you know, you're not just going to be under the cloud of potential litigation for innumerable years, but also for things like motor vehicle accidents and personal injury claims and severance claims, you know, there's evidence and there's witnesses that need to usually be part of a trial scenario. And if too much time passes, you know, memories start to fade, documents start to get thrown out. And so our courts have found that for those kinds of tortious actions, so not including, you know, sexual assault, um, those, those claims uh, you do need to bring within two years.
0: Scott, appreciate uh, your call. And uh, moving forward, something happens like this again. Or if you just need Leah and the firm uh, anytime, as the number I gave up before, 604 283 3123help at employmenthour.com. Uh, yeah, severance pay calculator. Give me some details on it. We we love this tool, right?
1: Yeah, we do. And and can I just just talk about the Scott situation just for a quick mm-hmm. second because sure. even though he was out of time, for anybody else who's dealing with that kind of scenario where um, you know, you're being told that the job that you worked for 14 years or two years or three months, the job that you're working is no longer available, but we have this separate job, this different job that you can work if it's if it's really different from what you're doing if you can't physically do it if it pays very differently if it's a whole other skill set you can turn that down, and it still entitles you to severance. Um, so again, this is very similar to the forced resignation thing. If you find yourself without a job through no fault of your own, that's usually should send up some red flags to get you to contact uh, to contact a lawyer, and that because that entitles you to severance. And then you know, let's segue on over to the severance calculator because yes. to find out what you're entitled to, you can use the severance pay calculator. And again, that severancepaycalculator.com. We uh, created this app because we understand, and again, this is again why we do this show, for a lot of employees out there, knowledge is power. The more you know about your rights and your entitlements, the more empowered you're going to be, and the less likely it is that you will sign something that offers you a lot less than what it is that you're entitled to, and the less likely it is that you're going to let too many years pass and then you can't act on your actions. But you know, we also know that calling a lawyer can sometimes be intimidating. Uh, which is why we created this online calculator that will within literally a matter, I I actually think it might be under a minute, tell you what it is that you're entitled to under the common law. Uh, You visit the site, you punch in your age, your position and your length of service, and you'll be provided with a range of months that you could be entitled to in the event of a termination. And it's not a trick. It will look a lot different than what the employment standards branch says you're entitled to. But that's because again, we're talking about two different kinds of entitlements the ESB covering your statutory rights under legislation, but the Severance Pay Calculator can tell you what your common law rights are, which are significantly greater. So check it out, free to visit severancepaycalculator.com.
0: Yeah, and as I mentioned, I know Ryan down in our uh, Toronto office did some, uh, some number crunching and over 550,000 people have actually used the Severance Pay Calculator, which is a significant number and it's growing, of course, right?
1: Yeah, and that's definitely reflected in the number of calls I get.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. SeverancePayCalculator.com again is where that, uh, where you can find that. Like Leah said, it takes uh, just moments to use. There's no obligation. It's uh, it's anonymous. There's nowhere to put a credit card in. You can't. It's absolutely free. You can walk away. And if you're an employer, there's an employer mode as well to find out what you should be paying, as far as your severance commitments uh, are concerned. Most common questions you get asked every day. These are beauties, and some of them uh, legitimately so because people just don't know. They don't have the knowledge, mm-hmm. which is the basis of doing this show that we've been doing for about five years. Uh, I'll get through some of these, Leah, and I know you want to expand on each one. First one, I didn't do anything wrong. Can my employer terminate me?
1: Yes, they can. (laughs) Uh, It surprises so many people. I'd say at least once, two, three times a week, uh, somebody asks me this question, and I get a lot of shock on the other end of the line. Um, But. It's true. Your employer can terminate you at any time for any reason, as long as that reason isn't discriminatory, and as long as they pay you your full severance entitlements. A lot of people call me asking if that is what a wrongful dismissal is, asking if they've been wrongfully dismissed because they were terminated, notwithstanding the fact that they were amazing performers, or they had the most seniority. Yep. Or they feel that they were terminated for no reason at all, or you know the company said they were going in a different direction or restructuring, and uh, they don't really feel like that was very truthful. Um, you know, a lot of people feel like if you're terminated and then somebody else is hired to take your place, that that means that that's a wrongful termination. But the only time the reason for the reason for your termination can give rise to a wrongful dismissal claim is when you were terminated because of a discriminatory reason, so because of your gender or sexual orientation or gender identification, race, disability, religion, any of those characteristics that are specifically protected By our human rights legislation. Barring this though, a company can terminate you because they feel like it or because you got a bad performance review five years ago, a new manager came in and just doesn't like the look of you or for absolutely no reason whatsoever as long as they pay you the severance that you're entitled to. And that's why knowing what your severance entitlements are is so important because that's the only way in which you as an employee are the most protected by the law Our law says an employer can make any non-discriminatory business decision it wants to as long as you pay that employee out. So if you're terminated, focus on what it is that you're being offered. Make sure that that is what is fair. Because if it's not, if it doesn't reflect what your entitlements are, then you've been wrongfully dismissed. It actually has nothing to do with the reason itself.
0: Which is, you know, it's, it's such a good reason to call you and one of your colleagues at the office, and you guys will work with them to get over the fact that you've been fired. You, get, you can't look back at that. Just look forward to what you're owed as far as severance is concerned. Because As stupid as it sounds, we mentioned this before on the show, you can come in the next day to work on Monday, and your boss will say, you know what, you drive a blue car? I'm not a fan of blue cars. I'm letting you go. Yeah. As asinine as that is, he could do mm-hmm. that as long as he gives you your full severance, which is, I mean, no employer would ever do that, I don't think. But they could do that, right? That's how crazy it sounds.
1: Yeah. And again, I mean, it can it can be for also no reason whatsoever. Yeah. And I think that too often I have to tell people that unfortunately, as a lawyer, I can't, I can't get you clarity on what that reason is. I can't bring closure to the situation for you. I can't make them apologize. What I can do is get you money, and then with that money, you can buy things that will make you feel happier and help you get over the termination. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I understand that that's very clinical, and money doesn't solve everything, but you know, it it does help. And and you know, when you're when you're unemployed and you are facing unemployment for who knows how long, and for the first time, and you have to reacclimatize to the job market and put yourself back out there, get on Monster, get on Indeed, and meanwhile, you've got to cover your mortgage and all your bills and your kids' dentist appointments and all of yeah. that stuff, money counts. And that's why it's so important that you know what your entitlements are. It's the reason why we set up the severancepaycalculator.com. It's the reason why we have this show. Know what your entitlements are because that is how you protect yourself.
0: You still have uh, time as well to call into the show now and ask any questions that are making you scratch your head under this topic or any other uh, 604-280-9898 or star eight. Nine, eight on your cell. And that brings about the next question in your list of the most common things you get asked every day at the firm. How much severance am I entitled to? And I know this one's always a big one, and a head-scratcher, when you get several people, say, in a department, same job, been there are about the same time, but they get different severance for some reason. They wonder why, right? All kinds of factors.
1: All kinds of factors are in play. And, oh. you know, yes, there are the main ones. There's age, length of service, availability yes. of similar employment, and your position. But ultimately, you um, our courts call it an art and not a science. And what that mm-hmm. means is that you can look at any factor that is specific to that person in order to try to figure out how long it's gonna f- take that person to find other work because that is what the purpose of the notice period is. Um, so yes, you might have something that's different from a colleague who you think is in the exact same position as you, but it's because so many different factors come into play. Um, and, and you're right, John. I mean, that is the most common question that I get. And it makes sense. People are calling me all week to assess exactly that. That's, that is what I do. I look at severance packages and I tell people whether or not they're fair, whether yeah. or not they reflect what they're entitled to. Um, and to be honest, the answer to this question also generally causes the most surprise and requires the most explanation on my part because it can really sound almost too good to be true. Um, and I understand that because in some cases I'm telling people that they're entitled to 18 months instead of the eight weeks that their employer is offering them in the severance package. You know, they they question why why would my mm. employer shortchange me so right. significantly, or or why if it was so obvious or such a huge difference, why that answer isn't uh, available on Google when you know on the internet when Correct. I Google it. You know, and all I can really tell you is that. I, I mean, this is why I have a job, I wouldn't have a job if it wasn't That's true, right? right? Um, there's just so much misinformation out there, and my job is to cut through that misinformation and tell you what you're entitled to. Um, many websites and companies cite the Employment Standards Act as the basis for your entitlements, um, and the ESA does, really, it does set out an employee's entitlement in the event of a termination, but. They're, they're your minimums. They're your base minimums. They are your floor. They're not where you max out. Uh, the only way that you legally max out at those minimums provided in the Employment Standards Act is if you've legally signed an enforceable contract that yes. specifically and explicitly makes them your ceiling. With Without that, without a contract, again, you are entitled to severance under the common law. That is an automatic right of every employee in this province unless you've signed an employment agreement to the contrary. And the common law tells us, again, that you are entitled to roughly about one month for every year of service, uh, which is obviously... Really significant um, for individuals who have been there for a long period of time. You know, I, the only caveat to that that I, I want to add is that the one month per year of service doesn't really apply to employees mm-hmm. who have been employed for less than three years. Um, our courts in BC have found that employees who have been employed for less than three years. Are entitled to disproportionately longer sure. periods of notice. So I have a lot of people call me as well saying, you know, I've been employed for six months. Surely I'm not employed to, or I'm not entitled to anything. But you are, and you're actually entitled to a lot more uh, than you probably think you are. Under the ESA, under the Employment Standards Act, you are entitled to one week. But if you don't have a contract that limits you to that, your floor in BC under the common law is two to three months, two to three months. Even if you've been there for six, nine, 12 months, you still get two to three months of uh, of your of your wages of your remuneration and that that can be a huge difference maker for people and this is why i always recommend that if you're fired don't sign anything. Give me a call. I'll review your package for free and we'll make sure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to. You know, Worst case scenario is that I tell you the package is great and we get off the phone in five minutes, but Mm -hmm. at least you now have the closure of knowing that there was nothing that you were walking away from. Uh, But in the vast majority of cases, I don't get to say that. I will likely say some version of you were shortchanged and here's how I can help you.
0: Exactly. I mean, 99% of them are, are shortchanged indeed, not what you should be getting. But again, don't trust uh, you know, your Uncle Bob. Don't trust your neighbor across the fence a week, two weeks per <laughs> year. Either make that phone call, talk to Leah, talk to the firm, or again, use the severance pay calculator. The numbers are right. The program is not screwy. There's no bug in the system. It's absolutely correct. Just don't assume you're getting what you should be getting because like we said, 90% are uh, incorrect in that regard. Well, hey, go ahead. You're, uh, you're next up here. How are you? Hi. Hi. Who's, who am I speaking with? Debbie. Debbie, sorry, I didn't see your name there. What's going on with you, Deb?
3: Oh, well, I got laid off from Air Canada back in 2012. And there was like over 800 of us laid off in one day. And we were told we weren't entitled to severance because Air Canada was in receivership at that time. And what we did is our union fought, but I only got a certain percentage. In other words, I think we were entitled to about two days for every year of employment, and it ended up I got one day for every year of employment. So after 18 years, I got about $4,000. Oh,
1: my gosh. Oh,
0: (laughs) man, oh, man.
1: Debbie, that's awful.
3: Yeah, it was kind of sad because it actually, I was forced to go into bankruptcy because of it because, of course, we didn't know the layoffs. They basically shut down the whole uh, hangar in here in Vancouver. So... I'm just wondering, I know it's been a while, it's been more Mm -hmm. than two years.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, but, you know, this is also something that you wouldn't be able to pursue civilly anyway because I thought I caught a mention to a union there. Union, yeah. Yes. Yeah, so if you're unionized, then your union has exclusive jurisdiction over your complaints with respect to the workplace. And that includes severance complaints as well. Um, You know, uh, there's probably some sort of limitation period in your collective bargaining agreement, but that would definitely be your first point of recourse would be to to contact the union. If it's a matter of of there being an agreement that's been struck and you not getting what you bargained for. So if the agreement was for 2 days per year of service and you only got 1 day per year of service, that could be something that you can uh, that you can, you know, speak to a union representative about and see about rectifying. But unfortunately from an employment law perspective, from a civil perspective, there there's nothing that uh, that I can do for you to, to rectify yeah. that situation and I'm so sorry about that.
3: Okay, well, thank you for taking my call. Anyway, of course, good thank luck, you. Debbie. Thank you,
0: Debbie. Uh, appreciate that, and that's that's something to reiterate as well. That it doesn't matter if uh, you know they're, they're dying to call you. It doesn't matter how capable you are of doing this sort of thing. You cannot go outside the bounds of the union when it comes to this sort of thing. In other words, an outside lawyer cannot help you, right?
1: That's very right, and I oh. have to tell people that all the time, and it's uh, it's unfortunate. Uh, unions do a lot of good work, but you know there are also a lot of people who I think feel um, like they don't have a voice necessarily through their union and unfortunately there's nothing that an employment lawyer can do to help you.
0: Yeah they do it and you know and we've we've talked to so many people that have, have, you know, I won't say under the wrath of a union, but they've been in union for many years and they're like Debbie, then they get let go and we found consistently with unionized employees, it's great on the front end. You got I mean my wife's unionized worker, she gets amazing benefits I could only dream of. But on the back end, if you ever get let go, it's it's not like the private sector. It's just you're getting stiffed.
1: Yeah, I think a lot depends on, you know, I know that if I were part of a union, I would actually want to be a, a union member, like I would want to go to the meetings, I would want to be right. on the, I don't know, do they call it an executive in a union? This is how little I know about labor yeah, law, right. about yeah. it, about unions. Um, but, uh, you know, unless you've got a really airtight collective bargaining agreement that provides for really good benefits, I mean, that is the be all and end all of what it is that you're entitled to. and. Yeah enforcing those rights also um, depends on the efficacy of your union representative. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So there's a lot of things that can go wrong on the back end. Again, I think unions do a lot of good work for a lot of companies, uh, a lot of employees who who would be um, you know, in, in bad situations without them. But there's exactly. also a lot of non-unionized employees who are in good positions because that's what our law provides. Our law yeah. is very protective towards employees. That's why we have minimum legislation. Uh, you know, That's why we have the common law and that's why we have employment lawyers to help you enforce those rights.
0: Well said, man. We'll move on to a, another call, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Hey, Harry, good afternoon. How are you?
4: I'm good, thanks. Um, good, what's going on with you, pal? Well, it's actually, I'm, I'm kind of calling on behalf of uh, a friend of mine who, called me for advice, and uh, he was kind of offered a per-hour, quote-unquote, job, uh, but he was told by the employer that he would be acting as a contractor, Um, and he asked me what I thought of that, I thought, well, to me, it it, it sounds like he's, you know, if he's getting paid by the hour, not by the piece, or whatever, it sounds like a, you know, a job, not a a contractor, and if he was going to do this as a contractor, he was kind of installing cabinets, and I said, like, who's going to do the liability if something goes wrong? And, you know, like, what are you, you know, it just seemed kind of weird to me. Is this happening a lot? And, is this something that we should
1: be aware of? Oh, God, yes. And this is this is a great question, Harry, and I appreciate you calling in, and your friend should appreciate you calling in, too, because um, that situation can give rise to all sorts of issues. Uh, it is very common, though, uh, especially in, in trades. Um, construction sites and trades, I see it all the time, people wanting to characterize the relationship as a contractor relationship, but... It doesn't really matter what the parties call it. You can agree to be called a contractor. That can be. You can have contractors stamped in big red letters all over the employment agreement. It doesn't matter if you are if you are only working for one company. If you, you know, are uh, all the tools and equipment are provided by the uh, by the company. If you. Um, you know, if you uh, the schedule is set by the employer, uh, if your day to day duties are set by the employer, then you you have to look at those kinds of things. And if all of those uh, factors are in place, then you're more likely than not an employee. In in which case, the employer does have obligations under the Employment Standards Act, and they have to be abided by. That includes overtime. That can include stat pay, uh, you know, vacation, all that good stuff. So. To the extent that your friend is agreeing to be a contractor, that's all well and good. But if something starts to go awry, if he's not getting the pay that he should, um, that he's guaranteed under the Employment Standards Act as a potential employee, that might be worth either contacting a lawyer or contacting the Employment Standards Branch.
4: Okay. I'm presuming, and I I don't think he pursued this, you know, kind of on my advice, but I'm presuming that they're doing this to kind of avoid holiday pay and, and... those kinds of things. You're a contractor.
1: You're not. You're not. You know, eligible for that Well, a lot of yeah, yes, that's very true. Um, I think people are are often thinking about the front end, and they're also thinking about the back end because if you classify something as if you classify an individual as an independent contractor, then you can essentially terminate the relationship anytime you want, and you don't have the same kind of severance obligations that you would to an employee or to a dependent contractor. Um, so if he's being asked. To sign any kind of contract or agreement as part of this job, I would definitely um, highly recommend to him that he have it reviewed by a lawyer. I'd be happy to do so. Uh, that's definitely something that you want to make sure um, he's protected on on the back end. But uh, I, with respect to what you were saying on the front end, you know the the stat pay, the vacation pay, those are all things that he should make sure that the employer is providing to him. And if he's not, he can make a complaint through the Employment Standards Act um, uh, through the Employment Standards Branch, the uh, referee there the investigators they can make a determination as to whether or not he is a contractor or an employee and force the company to uh to see through their obligations under the act okay thank you so much you're very welcome harry
0: Thank you, Harry. Appreciate that. Uh, moving forward, if your friend needs to call Leah, get a hold of her at the firm at 604-283-3123. Again, 604-283-3123, help at employmenthour.com. Got a uh, couple minutes to go here before we, uh, if we wrap for the afternoon. We're talking about the most common questions you get asked every day. And th- this one, I was going to dovetail this into uh, to the last point before we uh, before we took the callers, And that is, my severance letter says, I have to accept by a certain date. Friday at five, for example, I got to have mm-hmm. this thing written back and I just got it, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, that happens That happens all the time. Yeah. Companies want to bring some kind of closure to uh, the situation. So they put in a, a deadline and you've got a lot of people who are calling me saying, you know, what do I do? And I think the advice that I would want to give, if you find yourself in a situation where it says that you have to accept by a certain date, um, if, if it's the same day or even the next day or at the end of the week, if, as you say, Friday at five, just ask for more time. It's, it is really that simple. Tell them you need to sleep on it, talk it over mm-hmm. with family, call an employment lawyer. You can tell them that, uh, but tell them that you need more time. They will give it to you. I've, I've actually never seen a company refuse to give an employee an extension of that deadline uh, because it doesn't matter. your your rights, your entitlements, they don't expire when the company says that they expire. They crystallize, they become they become what they are at the moment that you're terminated and no passing of deadline chosen by the company is going to change that. Uh, you know, I, I get a lot of questions following up to that. Uh, with respect, to, you know, why do companies provide a deadline if it's essentially meaningless? And you know, other than wanting to to obtain that closure that I mentioned earlier, it's often because they want to exert pressure on you. Sure. They want you to feel that crunch, feel like you've got this time limited chance to accept their offer. Because if they make it feel like this is this opportunity and like you've got no time to speak to a lawyer if they're making it sound like it's something that might slip away you know perhaps you're you're just gonna grab you're gonna grab onto it and so with that pressure um, you know people I think sign packages that they sh- really shouldn't be signing in that moment afraid that the extra four weeks that the company is saying that they're offering you in exchange for that signature will be off the table but again your rights don't crystallize when the company says right. that they crystallize. As soon as your uh, your company, the employer says you're terminated, your entitlements are what they are. Now I, I should also say here that I don't Also, I I would never recommend that you simply ignore a deadline either. Um, When an employee comes to me with a severance package that has a deadline, I always try to respond by that deadline simply to be respectful and to get negotiations started off on the right foot. So if a deadline is put in front of you and you're feeling the pressure, just ask them for more time, speak to me and I can ask them for more time. Again, I've never seen this refused.
0: And we are out of time. You need to get a hold of Leah now after the show is done. 604 283 3123 and help at employmenthour.com. Till next time, this has been the Employment Armor right here on CKNW.